Guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Did you have fun? Yeah, this right. is a good one, and we really went in depth on questions, like probably too much information. <laughs> TMI. Good luck. Enjoy. <laughs> Guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. Whoa. Hashtag Ask Living David. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Hopefully this one runs a little more smoothly than last week's. We had some technical difficulties with the files deleting and such. <laughs> no, just the files just didn't work. So it was one of the weirdest things. It's never happened to me in all my years of filming what this happened. So yeah. uh, we did do eight of those 20 questions last week, but you didn't get to see them. So we're going to redo eight of those. We're going to add two more new ones in there. It's going to go back to our old format of 10 questions. It's going to feel like deja vu to us, but it will be all new to you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll keep the energy up with the uh, eight <laughs> questions. Um, so if you're new to the show, welcome. And we this is the show where we take your questions when you post them on social media using what? Hashtag Ask Live Lean TV. So you post them on Twitter, on Snapchat, on Instagram or on Facebook using that hashtag AskLivelyTV and we'll answer them on the show. So let's get to it. You ready? Mm -hmm. First question on Instagram from Angelica Fit Girl Inspired says, are there any fitness expos, events that you guys attend? The Arnold Classic, for example. For someone who is just starting their career in the fitness industry, what would you recommend that I do if I wanted to network, meet more experienced professionals in the industry? All right, awesome. So we definitely have been to some events. We don't make it a point to go to every event every year. I would say we just kind of like pick and choose depending on like what we're invited to or, you know, where we're located at the moment. We've been to the LA Fit Expo. We've been to the Toronto Fit Pro Show, yeah, right? Honestly, that scene. But yeah, I'll be honest. I just, it's not really our vibes if you get yeah. what I'm saying. There's too much fake tanner. <laughs> too much... Um, just, it's just not our scene. I'm not knocking on anybody, but it's just, I don't know. There's something about like, we've been to them. We we've don't been consider there. ourselves bodybuilders. We've done it. And, and those shows are really catered for like bodybuilders, really, with the type of supplements and the type of, I don't know, stuff that they are promoting. It's just not really our thing. Our thing, as you guys probably know, is like health, wellness, and yes, fitness, but not like extreme fitness. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what we actually prefer to do is do meetups. That's what mm -hmm. we love to do. And I just posted on my Instagram um, that we're looking to do some more meetups. So yeah. um, we'd love to do one here in San Diego yeah. since we're here. And uh, I posted it on Instagram. It seems like there's quite a few people interested in San Diego, but then a bunch of them threw out other cities across the world. So yeah. um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get to everybody's city. But uh, maybe that could be a question that you guys could post down below if we did host. Um, Lively meetup in San Diego, would you guys come? Yeah, but to get back to your question about like, what do you do when you're new in the fitness industry and you want to network and meet people? I would say reach out directly because mm -hmm. whoever inspires you in the fitness industry, realize they're a human being too. They had to start at some point too. So if you were to reach directly out to people that you inspire to be like and that you admire and offer them something of value, like yeah. the way we got together, I don't know if you guys know the story, but I reached out to him because he you know, had a much bigger YouTube channel than I did at the time. And uh, I really just admired his style and the way he was doing things. And like when I listened to him talk, I was just like, yes, yes, everything you're saying I agree with. 
our philosophies are super in line. Um, I think we would do great together on a video. So all I propose is let's do one video together. We did it in Santa Monica and the rest is history. And here we are now married with a kid and everything. I'm not saying that's going to happen when you reach out to that person, but whoever inspires you, reach out, see how you can offer value to their business and go from there. Yeah, I think like in the world today that we live, like everybody is so accessible through social media. Absolutely. Like on yeah. Instagram, the DM, like it's going down on the DM. Mm -hmm. um, you slide up into Plus, someone's you can DM. Find people's email addresses and, on their websites usually. Or, yeah, but yeah. the DM on Instagram is where all the money's at. But, what, but just like Jessica said, is what you gotta do is you gotta provide value. Like why would they, this person take time out of their day? Yeah, don't just say help me, I need help. Yeah, you say, provide. Say what can I do for you? Yeah, and then like after three to four interactions then you slip in something like can we meet up or can we do this or do that you know you kind of go for your ask a little bit so yeah that would be my recommendation yeah you'll figure it out along the way okay Anna banana Clug says I just bought a new body analyzer and I'm kind of confused about the body fat results I got since the last time I checked September of 2016 I've lost 10 pounds but gained about 3% body fat I've been working out lifting and lifting and hit consistently with December being a write-off. I feel stronger and my clothes feel looser, but why might my body fat percentage have gone up? Mm. Personal deeds are 157 pounds, 510, 29%. My goal is 20%. All right, so I guess my answer to that would be, did you use the exact same body fat anal analyzer An to do the analyzer. first uh, analysis versus the one that you just did? Well, it sounds like it because she just bought this. Well, so, so then it wouldn't then. Oh, yeah. The one you did your measurements originally before you bought this maybe were with a different analyzer. Yeah. That could be one of the issues. So that's the issue right yeah. there. That is the issue. So yeah. um, the issues with body fat analyzers, body fat percentages, nothing is consistent. So if you, the only thing that's consistent is if you use the same measurement tool every single time. Even then. So if the body fat be, analyzer, the yeah. bioelectropedance one um, that you hold out like this, if it says you're 20% body fat, it doesn't mean you're actually 20% body fat. Like it could be yeah. something else. But it's going to be consistent when you do it the next week. It's going to say where you are, where you are, where well, you are. within the margin of error, so I would say up to 3%. It could be. So that's why. Next, yeah, and also you could have um, different level of hydration at the time that you're um, measuring. Like if you measure yourself after a weekend of binging, like freaking eating all kinds of like high salt foods and drinking a lot of alcohol and stuff, your measurement's gonna be drastically different than if you measured yourself on a Wednesday morning when you've just had like a normal week, yeah. you know? So, so. My, my tips when it comes to analyzing your body fat, use the same tool and use it during the same time of day every single time. And I would say the same time of the week too. And like I'll, hit every Monday morning, for well, example. That's what I meant. Yeah. So I would do it like Monday morning yeah. before you eat, yeah. do it. And right. that's, that's your time. Yeah. So if it's 6 a.m., whenever it is, that's your time to measure it. And then you can consistently figure out if it's yeah, uh, totally. going the right direction. I can't think of any reason why you would be training for months like this, losing weight and gaining body fat. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't compute. I don't think that's a realistic what's actually happening. And um, to be honest with you guys, I don't really recommend measuring your body fat or weight on a scale at all. I would prefer to see all of you guys using progress pictures, which is what we use, what I recommend to all of my clients because these numbers can be really misleading and really confuse you. And then you spend all this time and energy sitting there wondering why could these be off when if you, you're making progress, you know you're making progress because you can see it. So I would say stop even looking at these numbers, 
just look at your progress pictures and you'll know when you're making progress. Yeah, I like the body fat test. Well, if um, you like it, then use it. Much better, much better than the weight scale, yeah. but I also like the tape measure as well. So measure, sure. measure your waist. I but mean, you can just tell by how your clothes are fitting. That's no, you my can't. Opinion. It's not as it's, how 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 can you tell? Like if your pants are looser, your waist has shrunk. Yeah, but people want numbers. Okay, if you want numbers, use the numbers. But I personally am not much of a numbers person in that sense, and I think it just stresses people out more than it helps them. Okay, next question on Snapchat from Sarah Smile nineteen eighty four says: Is it necessary to train one or two muscle groups in one workout? Is there benefits in doing just legs and glutes in one workout, or can I train various muscle groups at a time? What's with the leg days, bro? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I bet you're like confused because you always see us talking about like leg day, upper body day, all this stuff, but it's this is one way of training. It's not the only way to train. Um, it is very common because it, for people who are after a goal of hypertrophy, it's a great way of training because when you just train your legs only on one day, your upper body on a different day, then you can work out more often without being as sore for your next workout. So I think it's a way of getting more workouts into one week versus if you were to do full body every time, you'd have to take more days off. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so if you're training, like you said, for hypertrophy, you could have you could break it down even one muscle group a day, mm -hmm. but it means you have to train more throughout the week. So if you're only yeah. training three days a week, like that's all you say you, you have really time to do, do split. Yeah. the split won't work. So it's more yeah. full body training would be for you. So it really depends on how much time you can spend in the gym, yep. what your goal is, and then you can design a program around that yes. based on what your goal is. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. If you're not going to the gym at least three times per week, don't do a muscle group split. If you're going six yeah. days a week then do one then you could do it yeah. yeah but also depends on your goals make sure that it fits with what you're trying to accomplish okay so cassia says when is the best time to eat fats during the day i've been doing IF for a few months so i don't eat breakfast all right so what i like to do with fats because i'm a guy who loves fats and i feel like most people need more fats in their diet more and more studies are coming out that healthy fats is where it's at mm -hmm. uh, poet and i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what I like to do is every meal, other than your post-workout meal, um, it's more like fiber, protein, and healthy fats. Your post-workout meal, that's when you can add in some more carbohydrates in there. And um, that's Definitely protein and carbs after Protein and carbs, yeah. you know, to help replenish, but recover. Every other meal is balance. Yeah. Fats, proteins, and carbs at every meal of the day, except for that one. Um, so yeah, there's and really not, not, sorry, I don't mean to cut oh. you off, but it's not even like you can't have fat in that post. It's yeah, just you can. minimize it. Like sometimes I like to throw almond butter in my shake yeah. just for the flavor. Yeah. Like just like a teaspoon of almond butter, it's gonna, you know, because fats post-workout can slow the absorption of the nutrients in your body. When you're after a workout, you need it fast to help repair and recover your body. Right. So fat slows that down. But you know, just like a little teaspoon of yeah, almond it, butter for flavor, it's not gonna... Yeah, and even though it may slow it down, it doesn't bring it to a freaking halt. Yeah. So I would say unless any of you are training to be professional bodybuilders and you're going for your pro card yeah. or whatever, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. So I would say for the average person who's just looking to get a little more fit, aim for balance at every single meal of your meals of the day. Whether you're doing IF or not doing IF, it doesn't really matter. You should still keep your meals all <clears throat> primarily balanced throughout the day. So fats would be within every time you're eating. Yeah, and when I say fiber, like fiber is from vegetables. So carbohydrates yeah. from like fibrous vegetables, like throughout right. the day. And 
Yeah, you're saying you don't eat breakfast, but when you're doing IF, you are eating breakfast. It just feels like lunch because it's later. So whatever whatever time you're breaking your fast is considered breakfast. It doesn't have to be early in the day. So I would say advice for all of you listening is um, don't think of like breakfast is only certain foods, lunch is only yeah. certain foods. It's just like just eat you know balanced meals I, regardless of whatever. I time think that's it is. a very good point. Yeah. Like it's just it's another mindset thing. Yeah. That people it's like are you don't like, have to have pancakes just because it's eight a.m. I can't like, or yeah. I'm not allowed. I can't have eggs for dinner because eggs right. are a breakfast food. Or yeah. I can't have like <laughs> ground beef mixed in eggs for breakfast because you don't eat ground beef at breakfast. Yeah. That's Chicken like a dinner meal. Chicken yeah, for breakfast. Like, like forget well, forget all of that. Like break it down into the nutrients of the food. What do you need when you wake up? Or right. what do you need for your first meal? Yeah. Build it around that. Who cares if chicken isn't considered a, a food you'd a have breakfast at breakfast? Food. Yeah, and a lot of people are um, doing a breakfast that is either too light in calories or too light in protein mostly. Yeah. So if you're just having like a piece of toast with jam on it and heading out the door, that's not really a good enough breakfast what's that doing to your blood sugar yeah. this so you're eating the rest of the day because it spikes your hunger and for a lot of my clients who are on custom meal plans i have them set up with like four or five meals and then they sometimes complain that they're having a hard time getting um the last two meals in during the day because it gets late or whatever and they don't want to sleep on a full stomach and i'm like well how early are you starting your meals you could push your meals a little bit earlier if you're finding that you don't have enough time during the day to get your meals in and then you're like left with all your calories at the end of the night so i would say make your meal plan design your meal plan figure out how much food you need each day break it down into the number of meals you want and that will help you balance your fats yeah. your proteins and your carbs and your energy levels like you'll just have a much more sustained energy level throughout your day. You'll be more likely to work out. You'll have better sleep. Like everything in your life will improve when you get your cadence of eating more steady. Next question on Snapchat from Wine Rules says, how do you deal with social situations at other people's houses when they don't cater at all to your living lifestyle food-wise, i.e. parties, family, friend dinners? Also, what do you do when you have guests at your place? Do you feed them what you typically eat or do you make alterations? All right. I get this um, one a lot. Yeah, we do get this one a lot. I feel like a lot of people who are starting out on a fitness journey are really afraid that whatever they're going to have to do to get fit is so different from what normal people do to be normal. Um, and we don't really see it that way. For us, Living Lean is a lifestyle choice. Um, Living Lean is so much about what you do daily. And you're not at family parties daily right like how often do people realistically go to family parties like maybe once a week at the most yeah but i can totally understand what you're going through because i went through it yeah i know that i, I had this anxiety too when i was around other people like so I, I would understand it but i would have sunday dinners at my parents place when i was living in their same city mm -hmm. and every time i went out there it would just it, lasagna it, it or would be like lasagna it wouldn't be foods cheese, that i normally like, ate yeah. <laughs> so like there was a time when i was in the beginning of my journey where i'd be like i'm not eating that yeah. And then it just kind of turned my mother off and it was just kind of like, you know, who well, are you? You used to love lasagna. Yeah. And it's only one meal of the week or like, just like Jessica said, like Realizing these parties. what a small portion of your life it small, is. Such a small, such a small portion. So what I say is when you're in mom's house, you eat the foods that mom gives you, you put a smile on your face and you just 
put it as your cheat yeah, day absolutely. or whatever yeah. it may be. And Another thing you can do is suggest different alternatives. Like if someone mm -hmm. asks you what you want to eat at the party, you could say, um, I'd love, you know, some, a side of greens or whatever. Like you can suggest things. You can also bring things bring like things. potluck style, the like make a really healthy vegetable dish, side dish. That's like low calorie with like a really yep. tasty dressing or whatever. People are going to like it. Every know? time that I would go to a party, I would bring a vegetable tray Yeah. And a, or a fruit tray. Raw and, veggies to snack on. And just then creative, you would, you, you would know? eat it. Um, and you know what? You just gotta, you know, if you're, if, if these people are really dragging you down, like outside of family, if your friends, your inner circle are really dragging you down, I'm not saying that you have to do it. I'm just saying you can make the decision to, to, have move, a divorce. to move on. <laughs> um, you don't have to do it like cold Turkey, no. but you can just steadily just step back, a back step back a yeah. little bit, surround yourself with people like live leaners who have a different mindset. Exactly. Um, that's what happened in my life. Yeah. Like if you read my book, Think and Live Lean, I talk a lot about personal things in my journey and how I backed away from like a really, really inner close group of friends that I had because it's not that they were bad people. They're awesome people, amazing people, but we just had different visions on where my life was going and I just felt like I wasn't being lifted up to that. I was almost being brought back down. And, um, and you know what happened then is he started vibing at his own energy level and then attracted someone like me yeah. who freaking geeks out on the same healthy, exciting, fitnessy stuff. Like we, you guys know, we love working out. Like that's what we do for fun. We love healthy eating. We both agree that we want to eat healthy most of the time. Um, we also both love cheat meals. But you know, when you are vibing at the same energy level with the people that are around you, then life is so much easier. You don't have to constantly be swimming uphill yeah. and battling everybody for your food choices and your exercise choices. So I'd say, you know, do your thing. Your energy will then attract people who are like-minded and then you won't have to battle so hard. So that's how it worked out for us. And hopefully that's how it will work out for you. I would say in the meantime, just relax and realize that those parties yeah. are occasional and they're not going to ruin everything. Yeah. So Erin O'Laughlin says, you answered my last question. I need sweets, LOL. <laughs> Went and bought all your guides after, but I'm confused. You said I could eat sweets if it fits my macros, but your Fearless Foodie Cookbook promotes not counting calories anymore, which I prefer mostly. Any advice on how to eat sweets from your cookbook without doing IIFYM? What are the sweets you eat most often? I watch all the time and I do listen, Jessica. I just, I guess I look at the plans and don't see the sweets built in them and just see the cheat meals, which I don't like to do. Love you guys. Got the pregnancy guide because hopefully I'll be prego with baby number two soon. I love Jessica's advice of being where you want to be pre-pregnancy, hence the wants to wait a little less. All right. I, she wants to weigh a little less, yeah. I guess. So, so um, I think that question may have been like two or three episodes ago. I do remember it. About the sweets? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I think if you do go back and rewatch that again, what I recommended was two different ways to do it. So one of the ways was to pick up a cookbook like Fearless Foodie Cookbook. Learn how to make healthy Learn how to make treats. healthy things mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily have to count the calories, but you do have to manage the portion sizes. So we always talk about, you know, eating healthy is one thing, 
but you can still overdo it by eating healthy because it's a calories in, calories out thing. It's mm -hmm. harder to do because you fill yourself up a lot quicker when Healthier you're eating healthy. Healthier foods are generally lower in calories yeah. than junk foods are. So yeah. you still have to manage that portion size. So if you don't want to count calories, make yeah. one or two of these brownies or whatever it is, enjoy it, Well, move the batch, on. it probably makes something like 12 to, I don't remember exactly from this book, but 12 to 16 is usually what you're going to get out of batch of brownies. So you don't eat the whole pan of it. Yeah, so you don't have to count the calories of each brownie, but just have one serving. Yeah, and so. then the other option that I talked about in that video was if you want to go a little more dirty, you don't want to spend the time in the kitchen cooking, you want your M&Ms, that's when you need to look at the nutrition label and be like, how many calories, carbs, fats, proteins am I getting and work it in. So mm -hmm. like more of the IIFYM yeah. approach. So those are the two approaches. Um, if this sounds like you want to go more of this approach with Jessica's cookbook, just pay attention to the portion sizes, then you don't have to overanalyze the, the macros of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I get the idea that you don't want to count calories. I totally understand Nobody does. how tedious. Yeah, I don't want to count calories either. I can tell you right now, I don't count calories. Brad and I are both successful with our nutrition without counting our calories daily. We don't but, use software like that. But. Yeah, no, 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 wait, I'm not done yet. Planning your nutrition is a whole different level, a whole different even ballpark than counting your calories is. When you plan your nutrition, you figure out how many calories you need for the day, and then you figure out what foods are going to give you that. So it's sort of like counting calories in a way, sort of, but you're not counting them like as they come in, you're figuring them out, and then you're following that plan. So to me, that's completely different way easier, less stressful, way more doable than counting your calories like by entering every single thing you ate that day. Okay, so what was but my butt? I know you're gonna say that there was a time yes. when there was a time Be because you, back in the day. You can't just put that out there that we don't count calories because right. that's not the full story. The reason okay. we don't count calories is because we did count calories and we learned we went to school we got our phd in calorie counting like yeah. we put in the time we put in the effort yeah then we that's don't true. have to do it anymore because you have a education you have an eye for it so that's what we always tell you guys yeah. put in the time in the beginning which we both did right. then you don't have to count calories again because you can look at a plate and you can break it down roughly and you can pretty much be close to yeah what your body actually needs. So mm -hmm. we always have to kind of preface that. That's true. We're at a level now where we would know if we overate that day or if we were overeating in general, we would already know that without having to figure it out. We could just sense it, you know, but for a lot of you who have weight to lose or you've gained a lot of weight in the past, that's evidence that you didn't know that you were overeating. You know, yeah. so you need to train yourself what is proper eating and what is overeating so that you know the difference. <clears throat> and that's what calories and figuring out meal plans really helps you do. You need to actually educate yourself on what is the proper amount of food for your body. And it sounds like, you know, if you're just saying, I don't want to do that. It's too complicated for me. It's like, I feel like you're not seeing the benefit that you're going to get from it. This nutritional education, although it may be challenging for you, it will be so freaking worth it. So instead of just saying, sitting there saying, I don't want to do that because it's too hard, you know? I, well, okay. I mean, you don't want to get to the next level. Like, no, I, I always say if you don't want to do that, then you would, you would rather stay where you are than to put in the work to get to where you are. So right. that's Which fine. Is more uncomfortable that, That's you, fine. Yeah. So, but just don't go off there saying and be all ambitious. Like I want to get this body. If you're not willing to put in the work to get there, your mouth exactly. has to back up. 
um, your actions. Your actions, absolutely. Yeah. So and don't stay in that zone of fear because I feel like you're making it in your head that calorie counting is so <clears throat> difficult and so awful to do when it's really not that bad. Yeah. You know, and give I, it a try. You I, could even have someone do it for you. Hire a coach. And I want to throw one more but in there <laughs> is if we were training for a specific goal, like if we had a big photo shoot coming up, like to be on the cover of something or whatever it may be, we would dial it in and we would yeah. start counting calories again to get it that much more in. So mm -hmm. if I needed to lose 10 pounds in a month, you bet I would be or put on get 10 my pounds. spreadsheet out. Yeah, or yeah. put on 10 pounds in a month. I would okay. get on my spreadsheet. I would be able Actually, to tell you question. exactly what my portion sizes are for each meal. So we still would use it if we had to. Okay, next question on Facebook from Terry Cunningham says, do you use kettlebells in any of your workouts? If so, what are they good for? Yes, kettlebells are an excellent tool to mix in with your training. Um, I don't think that our, a lot of our workouts use them just primarily because of the accessibility yeah. to most people. Like a lot of gyms actually have them locked up or put in a separate room. I mean, yeah, it's kind of silly, but they like put a chain through it with a lock on <laughs> it. Know. So people can't touch the kettle. Only trainers can because use they're going to hurt themselves. Yeah. They're dangerous. The dumbbells they're really, and barbells yeah. won't hurt them. At, like, <laughs> I know, right? There's yeah. plenty of things you could hurt yeah. yourself on at the gym. Kettlebells aren't the mm. only thing that could hurt you. Yeah. So but. I love kettlebells and, um, but just like you said in our programs, we don't have a lot because we of that. We try to make it accessible but to everyone. But on um, our other YouTube channel, our daily exercise channel, I have kettlebell exercise demos in there that you guys can do. Also, I just yep. put up a new video on uh, beginner deadlift progressions for you guys who are scared to deadlift yeah. because deadlifts hurt your back. No, nope. deadlifts done wrong hurt your back. So one of the easiest uh, or one of the beginner progressions of the deadlift is a kettlebell deadlift. So I show you guys yeah. how to do that. So we do love kettlebells. Um, but yeah, I love them. there's just not a lot in our programs because of the accessibility yeah, for, for you guys. Yeah, there's so much you can do with them though. <clears throat> Definitely a great tool. Okay, so Daphne Wang says, Hi, Brad and Jess. First of all, thank you for your great work. You guys are really inspiring. Awesome. So from your vlogs, I know you use whey protein from pasture-raised cows. I finally found one in my country, but the food label, I can tell that the amount of saturated fats are higher, 6.2 per 100 grams, than other whey protein from non-grass-fed cows. For example, my protein, which is 0.5 per 100. In this case, what do you consider the better option? Is that mm. even a significant difference? And greetings from Switzerland. All right, so saturated fats, I'm just gonna put it right up there. The myth that saturated fats cause cholesterol, cause heart, heart disease. disease, it's been dispelled time and time again. Yeah. Um, from it's the year 2017, like from we're all past that. <laughs> yeah, like saturated fats from you know healthy one ingredient, like it's just it's like egg yolks and stuff. Like right. it's just been disproven over and over again. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Coconut so oil is super high in saturated yeah. fats. We eat a ton of that. We eat a lot of eggs. Yeah, like we eat a lot of saturated don't, fats. So mm -hmm. you said 6.2 per 100 grams, which is low mm -hmm. because you're not going to take 100 grams. And like exactly. you just said, coconut oil has like I think 12 grams of saturated fat or something in one serving. Mm -hmm. So that's not a big deal at all. So no. um, to sum it up, if uh, what so it was just that question, was it? Yeah, which is the better option of these two? I would say go with the grass-fed way because even though the like just saturated fat is not um, one of the markers we would look for on yeah. whether a product is good or not. No. Like you know, the way is coming from a grass-fed cow that's better than from a not grass-fed cow. So I would say that is going to be your healthier option, and don't be concerned about the saturated fat. Yeah, but you there. do have to look at you know is there artificial, artificial sweeteners, sweeteners in it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know what's 
yeah, there's, there's a few different criteria there, but grass-fed, if it's a grass-fed protein powder, typically the company probably is in the health industry as opposed to the muscle building, like the, you know, like the, the crazy supplement um, muscle building industry. So from a health perspective, it's probably a better option for you. Yeah, I, um, I know a lot of people are still really worried about things like cholesterol and saturated fat. I mean, we're telling you guys our experience and you've seen with us personally, and I'm sure you've seen with a lot of our clients and our success stories and transformations of people who follow our advice. We have perfectly great health energy, like from all sides of all angles, we are very healthy and well, and we consume a lot of saturated fat and cholesterol. So um, just, I know that it takes decades and years to determine whether something is good or bad for the human race, but we are doing the best we can to give you guys up-to-date current information on what foods are working best yeah. for us in terms of health, body composition, and all of that stuff. So I'm hoping that all of this stuff that you read and get scared about and that doctors scare you on and stuff, I hope you're taking it with a grain of salt and really using your real life experience to determine which foods are healthy for you and which aren't. Yeah. Trans fats, no, bad, yeah. stay away. Saturated fats, fine. You're, you're fine. As long as they're natural sources, yeah. Next question on Twitter from DreamBake says, did my first lesson of aerial hoops today. What exercises should I do to strengthen my arms for the hoops? <laughs> awesome, okay, so aerial hoops. You would wanna do a lot of pulling exercises like pull-ups and pull-downs. I mean, if you're not at the level yet where you're doing pull-ups, I would say definitely do a lot of pull-downs. You could do pull-overs with dumbbells. Um, you can search our exercise database. The YouTube um, Living TV Daily Exercises has a segment for, does it have a pull exercises? It has a back playlist? exercises. Back exercises. For dumbbells, what you really barbells, focus on. cables. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of cable exercises are gonna be great because that kind of simulates that. You can put the um, separate handles on so you're working both sides independently and do things like rows and pull downs. Um, I think those are gonna be the number one really exercises, rows and pull downs Yeah. To give you the short answer. And then, the best. and then just keep doing that movement. Yeah, actually do the hoops because whatever you wanna get good at, that's the principle of specificity, yeah. is that you need to do what you're trying to get good at. So there are other exercises in the gym that will help you get stronger for that sport, but in order to be great at that sport, you actually have to do that sport and do it often. All right, our last question is from Regine F.A. Hi guys, thanks for answering my question last time. I have another question being Filipino. White rice is a staple food for me, and after being diagnosed with diabetes, I try a low-carb diet, even tried sweet potatoes, but I've been struggling. I really miss rice, and sometimes I slip up and end up eating other bad carbs, which my doctor does not like. <laughs> do you have hacks or something for me to do to replace rice, or is brown rice better? I appreciate your answer and love your one-minute motivation. I listen to it before I start my day. All right. That's great. Thank you for your question. Really, really good question. I think I'm, I'm really glad we're talking about this because if, you're, if there are foods that you're really missing, then that's just a clue that you haven't figured out the right diet for you because your diet should be such a way that you are happy, you know, that you don't feel like you're deprived or you're restricting yourself because... We both feel happy. Yeah, we're, but we're not on a diet. Yeah, but she's in a different 
uh, you know, diabetic, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so there's a difference there. I'm not saying eat all the rice. That's not what I'm saying here. <laughs> eat all the rice. No, I'm just saying that you need to figure out alternatives that satisfy you because right now you're trying well, alternatives that's what she's asked that are not the question satisfying for. you. Yeah, but that's why I'm glad we're talking about this. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. All right. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you asked the question so I get to answer. That's yeah. usually the way okay. the show works, right. but Go for you it. just like jumped in there and took off. Well, and... I just want everyone out there to know that if you're feeling this way, that you're, it's off that you can be happy and live lean and enjoy what you're eating and not feel deprived, okay? So let's tell them how. Okay. Okay. Um, that was my heart symbol <laughs> for... <laughs> so you want alternatives for rice. Mm -hmm. Cauliflower rice is a great That's option for you to do. Um, Ooh, we have that Korean cauliflower <clears throat> rice bowl in our team site. That's a winner. Yeah, so... It's like a rice bowl, but no rice. And it used to be a pain in the butt to make cauliflower rice because you had to do it all yourself. But now you can find it in Costco. It's already made up for oh, but you. This person is, I don't know if you live in the Philippines or you're just Filipino. Well, it doesn't way. have to be Costco. Other stores may have it. Yeah. Um, there's also um, like sweet potato you can no, do as well. I already said that, but shredded but, cabbage is one I yeah, think that's really highly overlooked. I <clears throat> love shredded cabbage. Like it's so filling, so satisfying. It feels almost like you're eating like noodles or rice or something yeah. just because it <clears throat> has the same vibes to it, I guess. It's like you sautéed or something vibes. and it's warm. <laughs> it has the rice vibes, yeah. the warm, like just bowl full of <clears throat> warm goodness. Yeah. Um, I also think like shredded zucchini or something like that can also be a really good kind of base for your meals i think you know there are so many vegetables that you can shred and like either steam or saute as a base for your meals and i think a lot of people forget this like they see a big stock of celery and they're like what am i supposed to do with this you put that in the cuisinart saute it up it's like all of a sudden a really good meal obviously with spices and seasonings and stuff like that. But if you want to check out some of our recipes in teamlivelean.com, we have a huge database there. We have the cabbage pasta alfredo, the sweet potato bolognese. We have like all kinds of things that mimic, um, like we have the mac and cheese, things that mimic these like comfort foods, but that are really low in carbs and really healthy for yeah. you. All right. Wait, you wanted to add something about the diabetes? No, I'd just be like, you know, if you're, diagnosed with diabetes, your doctor has told you you need to change up your lifestyle. You know, you gotta get serious. You gotta look at yourself in the mirror. Like you gotta value like your, the life that you're living and you gotta make these lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. um, so by asking the question, that's a great thing to start, but you gotta take what we just said and you gotta go execute it. You know, this is, we're talking about your life here. And you, unfortunately the diabetes, it's a serious issue and you're gonna have to take it seriously. So uh, is, hopefully you yeah. take what we just said and you run with it. Yeah, and these kind of food swap changes to your diet are going to help you get healthier. Um, like definitely the type of diet that we recommend is beneficial for people who have diabetes. Um, we can't really advise you specifically since we're not your doctors. You should take your doctor's advice, um, but also make, make the best lifestyle changes you can with yep. eating primarily vegetables, healthy form, sources of meat, um, and yeah. All right. You, you can do it. Good job, guys. Thanks for the show. Um, thanks for all the questions. What's the question of the day? All right. So, guys, we want to know if there's something you're feeling deprived on living a, live a healthy lifestyle, what are you replacing it with? What has been your favorite swap of some healthier version of some food that you really can't live without? There you go. Favorite food swap. Leave it below. Thanks for watching. And keep living lean. Living lean. Muy.